Howdy and welcome, Bengals fans, to episode three, yes, three of the Sports Ethos Cincinnati's Bengals coverage. I'm your host, Josh Reeser. You can find myself on Twitter at R-I-E-S-S-E-R-1-4, that's Reeser14. And you can find this Bengals coverage at at Ethos Bengals. Uh, working on getting my Instagram more affiliated with this, you can find me there at uh, Joshuasaurus14. Yes, that is like a Tyrannosaurus. Was often compared to the dinosaur from Toy Story Rex, often in high school. But um, anyways, that's we can talk about that another time. So yeah, you can find all kinds of coverage across the Sports Ethos Network on Twitter or SportsEthos.com. So uh, find your favorite team and uh, get some in-depth coverage. Also excited to say that I am now a part of Spotify and iTunes. So yes, very exciting for me. All right, let's uh, let's get into this. Joe Burrow, no news on the extension quite yet. Still waiting to hear. Uh, I hope they get that done soon. There's a lot of other quarterbacks out there in line as well. Lamar, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert. Maybe Tua? Probably not with his injury history. But, you know, it's interesting because Mahomes making $45 million a year on that pro-ready contract over 10 years. Josh Allen's making 42 a year on his. And then you have Rodgers and Russell Wilson leading the pack with 50 and I think 47 for Russell. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see where Burrow goes with that and if he wants to take more of a, a team-friendly deal and kind of help spread out the wealth amongst Jason Higgins. You know, keep the band together forever. I don't think any Bengals fan would be upset with that. But, you know, in the end, he's got to look out for himself. So I get it. And uh interesting article from Clifton Brown, a, a Ravens beat writer, saying Burrow will have more input in the off- offensive game plan this season, entering his fourth year, which I think is awesome. I've always kind of steered the ship that it's kind of been more so Burrow and his ability at the line and Anna Rumo's ability to adjust as such a great defense of mine as to why they've been so successful. I, I'm not hating on Zach. I used to really hate on Zach, but I've kind of tempered down with back-to-back AFC championships. I, I can't argue with that, so I guess he got me there. Uh, someone else want to talk a little bit about Joe Mixon? You guys know how I just love Joe. Dancing Joe or jumping Joe because that's all he wants to do in the backfield. You can't just hit the hole and, and run hard. That's why he lost snaps in the three most big games recently, the Super Bowl, the Divisional co- divisional Week against the Bills, and then the camp Conference Championship against the Chiefs. P. Ryan played more snaps in all three games. Uh, Jay Morrison from The Athletic wrote that he thinks Mixon will be a cap casualty. They can save $10 million if they designate him as a post-June cut. And that can go a long ways towards either maybe re-signing an offensive tackle, re-signing Hayden Hurst if they decide to go that way. We'll talk about that. But, you know, I keep honking the horn to re-sign P. Ryan Cheap, draft a running back, maybe second around. They seem to have decent success there. 
Mixon, eh, whatever, I guess he's been okay. I'm just a hater. Uh, Jeremy Hill, he was alright. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, he was another second rounder. I don't think anybody here has ever hated on Gio. That guy played with the most heart in a long time. Especially for a little guy. Someone else due for an extension on the other side of the ball, who most likely will not receive it, is lifetime Bengal Jesse Bates, who recently played on the franchise tag. Uh, Jay Morrison, again from The Athletic, has been quoted as saying as he is as good as gone. And then Jesse himself even said he can't leave $10 million on the table. So, I mean, I, I get it. It's a business. He's been a great player. He sh flashed a lot the, maybe two seasons ago. This past year wasn't his best. So it maybe might have made sense for the Bengals not to pay him. And I've touched on this in my previous episode. Last season, they drafted three secondary players. Dax Hill got a lot of playing time as a rookie, as did cornerback Cam Taylor-Britt. Uh, but, like I said, Dax, safety, he'll probably step right into the Jesse Bates role. And then they also had drafted Tyson Anderson out of Toledo. Uh, fun fact about all three of them is they all ran 4-3-8 or under in the 40-yard dash. So anything they can do to add speed to keep up with the teams that were in the Super Bowl even, like the Eagles and the Chiefs, they're, they're known for their speed on offense. They spread you out and they try to find a mismatch. So that could be big. Uh, Von Bell could also be gone. However, Morrison thinks that the Bengals are going to try to do anything they can to re-sign him. I hope anything is like a cheap anything, like a team-friendly anything. I know him and Lou are, are pretty good together. There was talks of him following him to Arizona had he gotten the head coaching gig. I think all Bengals fans are glad that Lou is going to stay and hopefully stays even longer, but... Let's be honest, he'll probably get a head coaching job next season if the Bengals' defense plays well again. Just a couple other little tidbits I want to touch on before I kind of dig deep into a position of need this offseason for the Bengals. Uh, Bengals re-signed their long snapper, Cal Adamitis, to a one-year contract. Uh, this past postseason was kind of rough with their snapping issues, but this year they kind of fixed it up. Um, so... We'll see what happens. Only one-year deal, so not like they have too much confidence, it seems. Uh, Taylor Lewan was released from Tennessee, and he was noted as saying that he'd be interested in playing for the Bengals in this uh, little upcoming market he'll have. I'm not sure he's really a fit for us. We'd have to put him at left and move Jonah to right. Don't know if that makes the most sense. I guess anything can happen. Who knows, maybe Taylor would want to play left guard. And then also the Bengals met with Toledo defensive tackle Dejuan Johnson. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, he's been quoted as unblockable at the Shrine Bowl. Bengals kind of do have a need of a rotational depth piece on the defensive line, especially one that can rush the passer. Uh, you know, Reeder is a great run plugger. B.J. Hill was supposed to kind of be that r pass rusher, but he kind of faltered this season. Still a great trade, though, for... When we got him for Billy Price. Thank you, New York. And maybe this is a little connection with Toledo after drafting Tyson Anderson. Maybe they uh, they liked what they saw, and maybe they have a, a coaching connection there that I don't know about. Okay, one of the highest debated topics on Twitter amongst Bengals Nation is what they're going to do at the end of the first round at pick 28. 
we're going to go down one road, which is them drafting a tight end. In the scenario, they could also trade down maybe into the early second, mid-second, and even gain more picks. I think I'm going to do that in a mock simulator one of these days. Uh, maybe I can have an episode do that where I can go through a few of those. Also going to go, I'll have an episode of running down a bunch of the mock drafts and kind of maybe do one a week. That could be kind of fun. See what what happens every week and see what changes anyways. So, going into this offseason, the Bengals have one tight end under contract. That is Mr. Devin Asiasi, who they signed in season early and didn't really contribute anything. I think he's a decent blocker. He's he's an inline guy. He's not really a, a receiving threat. Kind of a fullback mold. Um, Hurst was great for uh, for the Bengals this season. You know, he really provided that spark. He was always there on third down. Always did what he could to get the first. Which is kind of what they needed out of the tight end. He also could block a little bit. He wasn't the best. So I kind of want to see the Bengals upgrade in that aspect. Uh, there's a few few different ways we can look at it coming up. Hayden probably played himself into a higher contract than what the Bengals want to spend, but maybe he resigns with them wanting a championship, knowing that they gave him a shot. Maybe he becomes a Bengal for life. That's a scenario. And then that way they can draft the tight end later. I think that makes sense. Um, another thing they could do, they could bring back Drew Sample. Speaking about second-round picks earlier, he was one. And I think he's one of the biggest busts uh, in the Bengals draft history in a, in a long time. Like, they drafted him to be this blocking specialist. And it, it, it's like every time he was on the field, he either messed up or, I don't know, he never stood out. The only standout play I remember from him was getting the ball ripped out of his hands by Khalil Mack in the end zone. That I don't know why that memory lives in my head every day. <laughs> Uh, but, anyways, uh, I want to look at Daniel Jeremiah's list. He says that he has 11 tight ends graded within the top three grade, th top three rounds. Excuse me. Uh, I'm just going to go through the top five that PFF ranks. This isn't necessarily his rankings. I just I love Daniel Jeremiah. I think he's a great analyst. I love watching him near the draft. Uh, I think he would be great in an organization in some aspect, but it's uh, neither here nor there. Okay, so PFF, top five tight ends. One, interesting, Dalton Kincaid. I thought it would be uh, number two in him swapped, but they have him as a first, second round grade. He's basically purely a receiving tight end at this point. He's not necessarily small. He's 240 pounds, but something the Bengals do need is help at the line of scrimmage blocking, even if it's just a chip or a, a, an arm push. you got to be able to get in the way a little bit, and 240 probably gets tossed around. Uh, you know, that said, great receiver. Not a great blocker, though, so I don't think it would be wise to spend a first or early second draft pick on Kincaid. Uh, number two is the guy that I probably like the most, Michael Mayer. 
out of Notre Dame, also receiving a first and second round draft grade. He's supposedly the most complete prospect, which I feel like this list kind of contradicts itself sometimes, but whatever. Uh, he's a big, he's 6'4", 265, he can catch, he can block. Uh, he doesn't necessarily have a lot of wiggle. He can't really separate the greatest, but he's great at contested catches. Uh, the Bengals tight end, uh, I think he he would be very useful in the blocking aspect. They could always need help, especially playing against Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. I bet the Ravens make another move for an edge rusher. Seems to do that every season. And coming out of Notre Dame, which is basically tight end factory, uh, I think he's a very safe pick. 28 might be a little risky. I think in this scenario, I would trade back from 28 to maybe like around pick, if he could, this is if he could even last that late, like pick eight of the second round, and maybe pick up an additional third or something. Probably get a little bit more than that, actually. But he could be a great move. Uh, the third tight end they have is Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State, also receiving a first and second round grade. Uh, I guess he's one of the more raw prospects needs some work needs some refining he's uh he's more of a vertical down the seam guy kind of a toss it up let him make a play not really something i see in this Bengals offense that need is needed they've got higgins for that jamar is great down the field contested catches he can do anything um don't really like that pick too much good size speed though so he probably could help out a little on the line uh, number four is sam laporta out of Iowa, receiving a second and a third round grade. Uh, another way I, I think they kind of contradict themselves because PFF has him graded as one of the best tight ends in, the, in their era of them doing this, so I don't know how he want to be number one or number two. Uh, he's great, quick guy, perfect for slants, quick outs, flats which I think fits perfectly for the Bengals. He's, that's kind of what Hayden Hurst was. Just get it in his ball, get the ball into his hands quick and let him make a move. Uh, always great. And then uh, number five is a mammoth of a man. I talked a little bit about him last time. Darnell Washington out of Georgia. 6'7", 260. Can almost be converted into a tackle. Uh, pass blocking probably isn't good enough for the NFL, but having him as a six-man on the line, that's that's huge for Cincy. They're always in trouble with the sacks. Uh, he can catch. He has a huge radius, so in the red zone, that could be very useful. Seems they struggle down there. You know, they want to do jet sweeps to Trent Irwin on the one-yard line, but I'm not an offense coordinator. So that's the top five rookies from PFF in the tight end class. Pretty deep. It, it, this is probably one of the deepest positions this season, so it's not like the Bengals have to reach. Uh, like I said, I kind of like them moving out of 28, early second round, mid-second round, if they can get one of these guys, add some more depth later on in the draft. I think that helps everybody. Uh, and then here's some free agent tight ends that I just want to kind of touch on. But it's kind of an interesting class. Uh, they have market value of Hurst around $7 million, which I guess doesn't sound terrible. If you cut Joe Mix, and that's basically a contract swap right there. Gasecki and Schultz are probably the top two in the class, and they're 
double that. Schultz is 15. I guess Gusecki is probably 17 or 18. No way the Bengals are going to spend money on that. They don't need that kind of weapon there. Evan Ingram looks like he's going to resign with Jacksonville. He's he's a fun weapon. He'd be good in the quick passing game, even some tight end screens. And then it kind of drops. I mean, you got Austin Hooper and Robert Tunyon, but they're kind of in the same class as Hurst and probably worse. Probably cost around the same. Someone that I've always kind of liked was Dan Arnold. He's like 6'6", 250, he can catch, great radius. Uh, he's probably not the best blocker. But having him as a tight end, too, I think that's not a bad idea. Sign him. Draft a rookie second, third round. Otherwise, Kyle Rudolph. You know, he played in Cincinnati at Elder High School. I actually locked eyes with him on the sideline one time, and it scared scared the jeepers out of me. He was a big boy in high school. And I wasn't small either. I was 6'4", 220, and... Yeah, that, that guy, he made me think a little bit. And then, like I said earlier, you could bring Brack Drew Sample and just have him strictly be a tight end that blocks, and then you would have to take a tight end earlier as a, in, in the draft. But I'm okay with that. I don't mind that. But I don't know. Uh, so thanks for sitting tight on the tight end discussion. <laughs> yeah, so that wraps it up today, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if I hear anything on the Burrow extension or T. Higgins news or any other pending contracts, I'll uh, I'll let you know. Maybe I'll do a little quick episode. Uh, next episode, I'll d- dive deeper into another position. Maybe the offensive line. That's another one of highly debated topics amongst Bengals fans. Uh, always fun to get different insight on that. So thank you, everyone. Uh, again, my name is Josh Reeser. You can find me on Twitter at R-I-E-S-S-E-R-1-4. You can find the coverage of the Bengals from this page at, at Ethos Bengals. And find any team news you need amongst the Sports Ethos Network. It's your number one choice. And thank you again, Bengal fans. Have a good day and who day.